wasn't a famous music artist, but he was he built community and leverage within crypto. He'll go and have his success. He'll outperform people that are 40 trillion times bigger than him on Spotify. Uh, you know, to your point, just because there is NFT. Hey, podcast crew. First of all, miss you. Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's getting geared up for the summer. Big interview here I did on Coindesk that you're about to listen to. We get really deep into the crypto NFT be friends reality. And podcast, I'm going to say this the best way I know how. I highly recommend that you consider getting a vfriend. vfriends.com. Go check it out. Some of them are selling for a high resale on the open market on OpenSea right now, but more importantly, there's still some available. Check out the gift goats and the spectaculars. All right, into the show. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Thanks for having me, everyone. Great to have you on the show. All right, so Gary, you were actually supposed to come onto the show two weeks ago, but you had to cancel because the NFT marketplace didn't go as planned. My thoughts are that launching NFTs must be harder than it looks. So tell us what happened and how is it going right now? You know, um, Web3 is interesting stuff, you know. For me, I come from such a consumer place, right? I launched an e-commerce wine business in 1997. Um, You know, Web2 is mature. Uh, And yeah, to your point, on uh, on May 5th, we were just not ready. I was so excited about 5.5. 5 is my favorite number. We, We paired up with the incredible team at NFT42 on the nameless platform. They did their job. I feel like I just didn't have a couple of things tight enough. And so, you know, I think it's, even though we probably lost some momentum and lost some initial sales, having a product that wasn't as strong on mobile from a consumer standpoint, I think, you know, the crypto community is, is and the Web3 community is incredibly patient with its innovators from NBA Top Shop to Artifact to Zed. For me, what I was worried about was, 80% of the people that I knew were going to be buying because I was paying attention to my Discord were buying for the first time, buying with a non-custodial wallet for the first time. I thought it was very important for me to launch it as clean uh, of a user experience as I could, so we did push it by a week. Okay. Uh, so you've been hyping up friends for weeks. Uh, can you tell us about what this NFT marketplace is all about? 10,000 V tokens are up for grabs. What do you saw? I'm building an intellectual property. I think NFTs uh, during this era will look back, will be looked back on as a place where uh, the Harry Potters, the Transformers, the Star Wars, the Thundercats and Care Bears and Rainbow Brights were created. So throwing me friends is a world I've been thinking about for a long time. Originally it was going to be a toy product that I launched a couple years ago, but the way the NFT market evolved. Uh, the other thing I did was take advantage of the smart contracts. What I innovated on a little bit was I 
created a conference called VCon, where every one of these 10,255 tokens is also a three-year pass to uh, VCon, which is a super conference that I'm looking to put on once uh, a year over the next three-year period, kind of like a South by Southwest meets a Davos, meets a little Coachella and culture and things of that nature. So really excited to kind of push the way people think about NFTs. I think the smart contract on uh, realities have not been touched. The off-chain, off-line realities have not been touched as much as I think they can, and that was a big ambition for me with friends. So, Gary, the tokens give auction winners either access to you via breakfast date or virtual meeting, gifts curated by you or admission to your events. I wonder, is there any concern that people are being commoditized or, you know, you know, on the one hand, this can be seen as very empowering, but on the other hand, it could be seen as, you know, commercializing people and their services so blatantly on the free market. Is that any concern to you? The concern to me is the same that it is with everything in the world, whether that's social media, the internet, the blockchain. I think intent and humanity matter, and I think everything, you know, people are concerned of exploitation with capitalism. People are, you know, concerned about it with socialism. People are, you know, I'm not too overly worried about it. The access to me was 2% of the overall project. Um, So for me, uh, what I really wanted to do, to be frank with you, that was that was a late addition. That was in response to the fact that for the last 60 days, the enormity of celebrities and influencers that were putting out projects that were just a picture of them done by a digital artist they commissioned and were selling for tens and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. I thought that there was a better way to go about it. And so for me, I'd love to pay for a token and collectible that I own in perpetuity. That may also allow me to play tennis with Novak Djokovic or or go into the studio with T. Grizzly. And so uh, I'm not overly worried about that. I'm I'm more worried about people um, not trying to provide value. And I think to your point, the people that are gross and ridiculous with it will not find a marketplace or may find a marketplace for a few minutes. The long term will hurt their reputation. So just kind of piggybacking off of that question, just about kind of the role of influencer culture in in NFTs. So in theory, NFTs are supposed to democratize the marketplace, right? But in practice, what really happens is that people with big networks and people with well-known names and people who have influencer status are have a much easier time breaking into NFTs. And like the sort of smaller, lesser known artist has a much harder time breaking into NFTs. I mean, it's the same as in the traditional art world, right? And as you said, even some do you agree with that? Because I think to your point, I think you're right 60 days ago, but I think it's been really cool to watch what's happened over the last 60 days, maybe 30 days, where you've seen enormous influencers and celebrities sell one or two tokens. Uh, I think to your point, maybe 90 days ago when we had that America's finding out about this, um, but I think if you look carefully, I think it's been really fun because uh, I love the, the market is the market is the market. I think even though one like an Eminem or Dame Lillard have spent their lives executing to create this community and interest, if they don't come correct enough, 
in an NFT execution, the market has told them so. No? Well, that, yeah, I, that's probably true, but that also sort of proves my point. Like, if even if some celebrities aren't able to make it in the NFT marketplace, imagine how hard it is for the ordinary person, right? Because for the most part, a lot of these celebrities have teams of people helping them. Some of them have direct access to the platforms. You know, the platforms will help them or they'll help them look at the better placement. They have huge social media networks. So I take what you're saying, but just, you know, amplify that by a thousand and you have the average person trying to get into the NFT market and they're just kind of... I don't think democracy or open platforms or decentralization means everyone should win, right? Like I'm a byproduct of winning on social media. Hundreds of millions have tried to win on social media and haven't. You know, I kind of love that. I actually think the market is the market is the market is really kind of cool. Like, you know, people, you know, Blau wasn't a famous music artist, but he was, he built community and leverage within crypto. He'll go and have his success. He'll outperform people that are 40 trillion times bigger than him on Spotify. Uh, you know, to your point, just because there is nfts doesn't mean that you're going to slap some pretty piece of art on there and then you're michelangelo there's a lot of work that goes into actually even having a chance to succeed right i guess my point just to finish this this uh this thread is that um for the average person though because the myth of nfts right is that it is a more level playing field and what you were describing is very similar to the current social media environment in which you know someone coming in and starting from scratch is going to have a very hard time building that influence and they are going to have less tools and resources than a celebrity would have that's that that's just my impression of the nft market i think i think that's a tweak on the myth i think the myth to your point like whoever believes i'm going to make something in Photoshop and I'm going to win just because I posted it on, you know, on OpenSea, that's called delusion. On the flip side, the person that's sitting at home who's very talented at art, the fact that she or he can put it on the marketplace and have a chance, which is very different than Walmart or Toys R Us or Home Depot or QVC selecting you and saying, yes, you can present on my shelves or on my screen. That is kind of cool. So, so what, Gary, needs to happen to enable that kind of cool aspect of it? You know, is, there, is there anything more that needs to happen in this very nascent industry to, to give that greater access? Well, I think the access exists, right? Like, I mean, like, the, you know, the, the, the marketplace, it's eBay, it's, you know, it's, it's an open, it's, it's Instagram. The, the ability to sell the product exists. I think the point earlier is well taken. If somebody has huge audience, that we've seen platforms give them front page access and things of that nature, but let there be no confusion. These platforms are not smitten by these influencers or celebrity. They want their audience. They're trying to build their business. You know, I think, I think um, ideology is a, is a very intriguing concept. This is incredible. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, 
just uh hold on a second um I am looking for okay I'm making sure I'm still recording that's Gary V he's a he's like a motivational speaker he's a business he mostly he's an entrepreneur and a business person that uh used to work at his dad's wine business and then got invested in he helped build his dad's wine business kind of like that kind of like I helped my dad build his real estate business and then he got invested in Facebook and a bunch of stuff and then he made a bunch of money investing in early internet stocks and using Google AdWords to build his uh his wine business and so yeah I don't know I don't know what else to say uh, I listen to him every time he puts out a new episode is he's on Google podcast I think he's on Spotify and uh, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E -E. and he's uh, if you want to learn stuff about business like in, in the modern era like in 2021 from like he does garage sales he does eBay stuff he does this NFT market, um, Bitcoin, he, he's somebody to listen to, I think, but that's just my opinion, so, so I'm going to listen to the rest of it. You know, I think, I think, um, ideology is a, is a very intriguing concept, this is incredible opportunity for people that nobody's ever heard of, no question. I also think that there are people that people have heard of that are also going to do well. On the flip side, there are many that aren't. Uh, you know, I'll be very frank. The, 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 there have been many people who've launched projects in the last 30 days who are dramatically more famous than me, have had much bigger platforms have been launched on third-party platforms where they've put them on the front page. I built mine on top of Nameless and with NFT42 and built a URL to drive towards, you know, and, and our results have been staggeringly different, but I think that came down to strategy and execution, effort, intent, and I, and I think that will play out quite a bit. And when I, when I lose, which I do all the time as well, that's also the market telling me I'm losing. So I think, you know, I think I, I think what needs to happen is accountability and responsibility on the IP creator or the artist to realize there's a lot they can do. Are they are they willing to? By the way, they could have gone on TikTok two and a half years ago and put out a lot of content and amassed. Five, five thousand, five hundred thousand. Like, there, there's so much opportunity. I would argue that people are crippled by opportunity. But I think to the point earlier, uh, you know, I don't look at this as like, you know, the place I was born, you know, communist Russia, where everyone's going to be the same. That, that's not the promise. I think of of NFTs. I think the promise is that that the distribution of a digital asset on this chain doesn't require a gatekeeper like a retail store or an art gallery, which is cool and is similar to the way it played out with social media a decade ago. That doesn't mean some people are going to do better than others. That's just the nature of humanity. 
So, Gary, just pivoting from that a little bit, there's, you know, some of what you're describing also speaks to this whole meme culture, this meme investing world that we're in. What do you make of, you know, Dogecoin, GameStop, uh, the whole Elon phenomenon? Because it speaks very much to what you're, you're, you're addressing here. Humans are media platforms, and the world is struggling with that transition. You know, what do I think about it? I think um, I think that uh, there was a time and age when humans walked Earth and they did not think that gold was valuable. There was a time when we did not think that a diamond was valuable. I think we're running, we're running through a mature Internet and an emerging blockchain human reality. And I think... A lot of us are trying to navigate and figure it all out. I think it's it's too early to put a a cherry on the Sunday of what's happening here. But what I can tell you is the humans on top of social platforms are building significant influence that doesn't require a medium in between them and the audience. And that is causing new realities that we haven't seen over the last century. So just quickly to just um, zero in on that for one second, you know, the rise of Dogecoin, for example, and then there are all these sort of imitator dog-themed coins like Sheepcoin, yes. right? Do you, what, what do you think of this phenomenon writ large? Like on the one hand, yes, it's very democratic, anyone can join in, and, and you know, but on the other hand, some of these coins really don't have any fundamental value, and a lot of people could seriously lose money. I'm just curious what you think of this phenomenon in general. Is it, is it good for the crypto industry or is it dangerous? I think it's a great question. I think ultimately in the short term, it'll probably be dangerous because, you know, the one thing I always try to tell people is like, invest in what you understand. You know, I don't invest in most things. I, I don't, I, I just don't because I don't understand it. And I think that then you're just into gambling and I'd rather just bet on a sporting event and enjoy it. So I think to your point, um, many of these things, it reminds me a lot of Internet 1999 and 2000. I believed in the Internet so much, so much, but I couldn't understand why all those companies were worth so much money. And then as both everybody probably on this show knows and definitely many at home, we had, we had March and April of 2000 where 90% of those stocks went out of business, went to zero, but in there was Amazon and eBay, which were remarkable investments because the internet was the internet. And that's kind of how I think of altcoins and NFTs. I genuinely believe that 98% of what's out there right now will not be a good investment. I truly believe that 98, 99% of the NFTs that people are buying today will not end up being a good investment. On the flip side, I think the macro concept of NFTs over the next three decades is one of the most significant consumer behavior technologies we've seen most, I felt, since social media. And so, as you, to your point, I think that's why this is such an interesting time that everyone's talking. If that is true, if history is repeating itself with Internet stocks, that's a pretty intense game, right? Most go to garbage, which is, quote unquote, don't forget all the articles written about the internet in the summer of 2000. It was a fad. See, we told you. That's going to happen when we have an NFT winter 
you know, whenever, if, you know, it's going to happen right now because there's too much supply against demand. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm going to have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's amazing five-star review comes from Andre, and it reads, As a fan of Gary, the podcast has been everything I've always needed to have Gary on demand whenever I need a bit of motivation. Thank you. No thank you, Andre, for that amazing review. And to any of you listening out there, if you leave us a review, you might just get shouted out in the next episode. Uh, yeah, so that was, uh, Gary V, and, uh, I don't know, you know, like, his whole philosophy is just to, like, put out a bunch of content when you can, and it's not, you know, it may not be on a regular basis, it's just when I have the energy to do it, and I've tried to explain that to y'all, but, uh, it's just pretty much the way it is, so, um, and let me see if I can find something else from my uh, my list of shows that I listen to sometimes. But uh, Gary V, I listen to him the most often of anybody. Um, let's see. Can't really find anything that I want to... Oh, yeah, this is kind of funny. I'm going to let you listen to a little of this. Scavenger Life, this is about these people that sell uh, stuff on eBay. And they also have a coffee shop. But it's it's an interesting show. And eBay sales, people, you can make pretty good money doing that. So, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scavenger Life. This is episode number 514 at scavengerlife.com. I think I feel like I need to preface. Are you ready to preface. go on preface? <laughs> Are you ready to go on a train ride? Again? Because sometimes I feel like I want to... I have a train of thought. Okay. And sometimes you don't like it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, the, the season for me is firewood. It is the season of firewood. Yes. And trying to get all of our firewood chopped and split and stacked before it gets really hot for the yes for when it gets cold right so if you're stacking and and chopping firewood when it's hot outside it's not great yeah it's not (laughs) great so i did some of that this morning i probably have i saw you doing that i probably have one more good splitting day and then a stacking day, and then we'll have wood for the winter time. And I always do like a winter and a half. So yeah, um, there's always a little bit left. So over. that's a real big part of our scavenging. You know, because our house is small enough where a wood stove can heat up the whole stove. Sometimes I wonder, like, would it really be? Yeah. Would it really? Yeah, the whole house would it really 
be that much more expensive just to like have like a heat pump for our house. Probably wouldn't. Probably. But we'd have to install it. Yeah. That's an expense. Yeah, I'm just like, but it feels good. As a scavenger, it feels good. And that's the thing, I think, with being a scavenger, some of it is like, you know, sometimes I'm like, why are we driving two hours to get this refrigerator? Like, why don't oh we... Do we even talk about the refrigerator story? No. That was a great story. Yeah, so this this cafe where we've opened, we started with a single refrigerator in our storage building. Yeah, in the worst And we building. realized we needed, like, three of them. Yeah. So, me and you over the course of a week found on Craigslist two fridges. The perfect fridge is a hundred bucks each, a great deal. Yes. But each of them was driving basically like four hours round trip, you know? Right, because first of all it's hard to find a deal and second of all it's hard to find right. the exact one you want. Right. And so, you know, this podcast we talk about eBay a lot, but really it's really about scavenging, you know? It's like finding the valuable things that society is throwing away or just has too much of, right. uh, you know, like firewood. Like the firewood, I'm not going out into the woods and chopping down a tree. No. I'm, uh, like, there's a guy that does lawn care and he cuts down trees. He'll, like, dump a bunch of, of the logs in our yard or... Because he'll have to... He has to find a place to get rid of them, right. too. Or, like, in our yard, we have about an acre, and a, there's a lot of trees, and I'm always keeping an eye on any dead trees, and if there's a dead tree, we do cut that down. And I, I we cut down I, two dead trees right. this year. But it's about scavenging, and that's the nice yeah. thing. It's, it's about, like, uh, it really is a good feeling sent to me. Uh, well, it is, like, resource management, right? right? Where you're, like... I could have just gone to the store. I could have gone to the Home Depot or wherever and bought a fridge. Right. Uh, but and this they person... Would have, and they would have come and dropped it off and installed right. it and then taken away the old one. I mean, my God. Now, that would have cost maybe like $800. Right. Don't. So for $100... Yeah. And driving in time. But it feels so good. Yeah. And, you know, and so we talk about eBay because eBay has traditionally been the biggest online flea market. You know, really, it's still it's still the, the, the place yeah. for us to sell the things that, you know, we have. Um, and I really feel, you know, I'm starting to realize this past year, 16 months, really let my scavenger uh its muscles get really weak you, know? <laughs> you baby really I yeah mean, yeah yeah when this pandemic first started i was really getting into online auctions yeah. like a lot of people have now and now i just don't even i barely even do but we auctions. loaded it up so much i, I mean it, it, that the the reason is we loaded up on so much stuff during that time we have no more room to store stuff. But my, my point is, like, you know, online auctions are cool, but there's only so many tabs I can open and follow and look at. And yeah. then I just start, it just starts getting blind. You know, just around where we are, things are opening back up. And so we yeah. went to a couple of yard sales recently, and I found 
all this great stuff. I found great stuff at your It was show. so much fun. I forgot how much fun it is to go to a junkie. You have no idea what's going right, to be there. A junkie. It could be anything. Yard sale where, and you're asking how much and things are like a quarter. And I went like, to a yard sale yesterday. This was so funny. I went to, so I went to go do the recycling and there's a church right next to the recycling center. Um, and they have an annual uh, yard sale. And um, we've been to it many, many years. And I just happened to be driving by. And I was like, I cannot believe everything is a quarter. I, the best, so scavenge of the week, scavenge of the month was like three sets of 100% cotton, almost brand new king size sheets and white white. yep white because we use those in our airbnb rental for two huge bags worth five dollars i had no idea unbelievably how i had no idea how expensive sheets are just being you know i was i'm the kind of guy that is buying like the amazon basics yeah it is Uh, you know cheap sheets and you're like oh it's a good deal but if you want for real yeah. Like thousand thread count sheets. Hotel style. They're how much? So I looked up this brand. It's Wamsada. Right. And um, I looked at the brand on Amazon for that size and that thread count. It was two hundred and eighty-five dollars for a set. Yeah. What? But you can tell it's it, it's. You it's can tell the difference, yeah. but you know when you're running an Airbnb and. Every time you grab your linens, there's, like, a mark on them or, like, oh, whatever. You're, like, I'm not spending $300 on a set. So that was, I was, like, you talk about a scavenger high. I was, like, yes, I am the perfect person to buy these. I know, And, and so exciting. And so it's good. I'm really excited about the world opening back up and like yeah. getting back out and scavenging. It is it is exciting. It uh, is fun to find stuff. You just never know what's out there. Yeah, but since our our scavenger eBay helper is now, he put in his two weeks, so I think he is, he's coming one or two more times. Yeah. I feel like we're back at square one where we have death piles, like a death room of stuff <laughs> so we gotta find a new person like he he gave his weeks. two weeks and, and I was like yeah. oh my god <laughs> first of all I have to find someone yeah second of all I have them. to train them yeah I find the person I'll and train them you train no problem that's how it works I have my my yeah. feelers out in the community good um so I read this article this week that I really, I vibed with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> vibed with I vibed with it. I vibed with it. So there is a uh, a convent near where uh, it's in Jamaica Plain. grew up. Yeah, Boston. I grew up in Jamaica Plain. Jamaica. It's a neighborhood of Boston. And I used to drive by that convent all the time. And other people probably saw this article I, I, I feel like it vibrated with other people too yeah sure and so there's this young nun who was a like a punk rock girl you know mm-hmm. she was into like the dead Kennedys oh, you know yeah and then suddenly I, I don't get it but anyway she had like a conversion and like 
mm-hmm. you know, found God and yeah, became that. a nun, but she's still like a punk rock nun. Yeah. And her whole thing is, is about death. Yep. And so she's a part of this, like, what would you call it? Nuns, like a nunnery. It's like, a convent. Convent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's like a flock of nuns. Or uh, something, yeah. They're all into death, and they make l- a little skulls. Yeah. So on, like, sweatshirts and T-shirts and little skulls that you can put on your desk. Okay. Because, because the whole thing is... Yeah, explain what it right. is. Because, and, 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 and I'm all about this. I know I've talked about it on the podcast, because I think about it all the time. I think about my own death. And she's like... You have to remember you're going to die. Everybody dies. Your body rots. Every face becomes a skull. That's your thing. Because, let's really get to the point here. Sure. You want to take advantage of the time you have. Exactly. That's the whole point. Right. It's not just like... Yeah. And, and this is know. something she came up with. This is like if you're in the Catholic or Tibetan. Yeah, Hindu. It's like memento mori. Remember your death, or remember that you have to die. Right. Like yeah, it's like a a meditation kind of thing. Like if like as long as you remember that and don't get a huge big ego, like you're all powerful or whatever. Right. Like it doesn't matter. And this moment right now is the most important thing. Yep. I love it. Why am I talking about this? Because for me, it's all about sketch. You know, it's like, yeah. that's why we live our life now. Yep. I love being able to go out, find things, sell them, get some coins in my hands yep. so I can pay people, so I can live in my house. Yep. And then I have my time because this is it. You know, I love that. Well, it's doing... Like we always talk about, every face becomes a skull. Do it's yes, that's very true. Um, See, sometimes you're funny. Like you don't get to the point right away to like then. It's a train. It's a train of thought. But it's like it's like tell me what you're telling me and then go into it. Not like she's really into death. You're like, okay, is this a true crime podcast here? No, we're talking about this in relation to owning your time, being independent, doing what you want to do, um, and not waiting around until you're retired to think you're just going to play golf all day. And I feel like, I I like, because I am a... uh, it's romantic. I feel like scavengers are. <laughs> it's philosophers. Yes. Not, not romance, but like. Right. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. A like, romantic mind. Yes. That's and, why I, I know what it means, and I still laugh. Okay, so that's pretty much the uh, some of that show, and that is called. Uh, I just. I don't feel like listening to it anymore. It's a. Uh, it is called Scavenger Life, and that's pretty much a, pretty much all I have to uh, talk about. You can find me on twitter.com forward slash at David Stanley XR. I don't know if that's the URL or it's, but anyway, my username is David S-T-A-N-L-E-Y XR. I should know that, but I don't, so... 
And yeah, you probably won't be hearing much from me for like a while, for like five or ten days. But I'll be back eventually. I'm just, uh, just running out of fuel, you know what I mean? So, it's just gonna be the way it is. But, uh, I told all these people on Twitter about the my medical stuff and then they like made fun of me and everything but that's fine it doesn't matter because I mean if I was Elon Musk and had billions of dollars you wouldn't be making jokes so maybe maybe one of these days I will have that kind of money so so just think about that um Yeah, my doctor won't prescribe Adderall. She specifically said she won't, you know, and if she would, like, the full amount, that'd be, like, three a day for, like, 20 or 30 milligrams, then, yeah, maybe I could keep taking all this crap that she wants me to take, but if she's going to do that, then it, it, it gives me no choice. And when I can't earn any money anymore, really, because I don't feel... I don't feel like I want to do that at this time, just given the situation that I suspect is going on with maybe my mom or whoever else. I just, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but, uh, so I don't know. It, it's, I'm, I'm the one who's paying, so there's nothing they can do. Um, so... So, and I, like, it's just a, it's just a little issue, I mean, it's not like, if you want to make a big deal about it, I mean, you can, but it's not going to work out well for you, I promise, and, um, I just can't keep losing money and time and taking risks that I don't want to take, at least for the next month or two, maybe, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just chill here, and, uh, and that's how what is what's gonna happen. So, um, thanks for listening. Uh, I you can search for David McCullough Cash D A V I D M C C U L L O U G H C A S H on um, Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing or Yahoo, especially Google. But um, thanks for listening and. Uh, and anyway, that's D-A-V-I-D-M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H-C-A-S-H. And you find my YouTube page, my podcasts, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, etc. Um, and so, yeah. And my old Twitter is at Thought Unlimited. You thought and then U-N-L-I-M-I-T-D minus the E. And you can see some of my old startup ideas and stuff. Because I have lots of those. And, uh... So, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and, uh... I hope you like the Gary V podcast and the Scavenger Life podcast. And those are two that I listen to uh, quite often. Thanks.